the days that I was creative, whether I was drawing a page for the new book or we were playing, making gardens outside with the kids or even doing painting with them, those days always felt a little more settled for me and a little less chaotic and frantic. So I found creativity to be an anchor during the pandemic and I just thought maybe lots of other people would be too. Johanna, welcome back again to my podcast. How are you today? I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to be back. We are going to talk about creativity during these times, how to cope and your part in the community right now and what you have been doing for us all to make it easier. How have your life been affected Well, um, I think everyone is different. For us here in Scotland, I mean, I live in the countryside, so we've been so blessed and so lucky. I feel so much for people who are in cities at the moment. But my eldest daughter has been home from school, so that was all quite scary, I think, when the school shut. And I've just tried to keep working, really. I used to have a studio at home, so I sort of moved back into that home studio for a while Well, I think initially we were all very overwhelmed and scared, weren't we? Like it, we mm-hmm. nobody really knew what was happening and it was very, very scary. And then I think gradually as we sort of got into the flow and the rhythm of lockdown life, we began to find what was working and what wasn't working. But I always instinctively felt the days that I was creative, whether I was drawing a page for the new book or we were playing, making gardens outside with the kids or even doing painting with them, those days always felt a little more settled for me and a little less chaotic and frantic. So I found creativity to be an anchor during the pandemic. And I just thought maybe lots of other people would be too. (laughs) You have done a lot of extra things for the community right now, this spring. You have given us the free coloring book Flourish. Yes. And you have been doing a lot of live streams on Facebook almost every weekday. Yes. Do you know what? I have a few friends. Um, one is a doctor, one is a nurse, one is a pharmacist. And I just saw when everything was at that peak scary stage, how hard they were working. And I think a lot of us felt we needed to do something to play our part, to help. You know, you really felt as though you wanted to do something. And I, I couldn't go into a hospital and be a nurse or you know, look after people who were sick. So for me, the way that I make my contribution, not just during this, but, you know, during life in general, is to try and help other people to be creative and to feel the benefits of creativity. And I started to feel an impact on my own mental health just through the fear factor and, like, the loss of communication and being isolated. And I thought a lot of other people must be feeling like that too. And I knew that creativity was this wonderful bam, like a free medication that can really help support mental health. And I thought that my contribution during the pandemic would be to get people being creative, to give them an outlet, to give them confidence to pick up a pen or pencil and do something that could really benefit them mentally and to just support them through through a very tough time. I remember at that time I was really 
scared as you said and I was like a turtle or something I was like hiding (laughs) cocooning in my sofa I was coloring but I was not much out in the community and I was thinking oh I should be there more but I, I can't I can't cope but but you found that in you to be out there yeah but I think everyone handles things differently and it's very different to be on a half an hour live video and then go back to real life for me I mean a lot of people have been so kind and sent messages to say that the live videos and all those things that I've done have really helped them and they're grateful but in all honesty it was a bit of a a selfish act because it really helped me as well and for me you know, I think having that anchor and knowing that I had to turn up and do the live video every day at four o'clock has really helped me um, have a structure to my day and I knew that I had to do it. And for me personally, that's a good thing. It's not the same for everyone. And I totally appreciate that. But that was just the way that I found I coped best. And I think at the start as well. So my publishers are Penguin Random House and they are all based in New York and having conference calls with them. And obviously New York had a terrible, terrible time and Mm. seeing people that I've worked with for years being so scared and, you know, I really cared about them. I think right at the beginning, that was part of the push as well you just want to do things that are going to help other people in your community so it wasn't just the wider public but it was people that I'd worked with day in day out for years and doing something that was such a good feel-good project it wasn't just me that got the benefit from that you know there was a whole team of us that worked to to um, make the book possible you know and Penguin helped promote it and it was just a lovely thing for us all to work on together and have a yeah a really positive productive output (laughs) but this uh, mini coloring book that was for free how long time did it take from id to publishing well i think we pulled it together in about a fortnight so i I initially emailed penguin my editor i was like i've got this idea i don't know if it's weird or not but I, i just want to give away a free book and usually we're a bit tentative about how many things we make available for download just because the sheer volume of copyright and infringements we get in the minute we put high resolution artwork on the internet for free you know it's so easy to if you're a a cheeky company to just grab those files and do what you like with it but it just felt at that point that we had to do something quickly and immediately that could help so we had a conference call and um, a couple of my editors you know have their cats and their dogs at home so it was one of those fantastic zoom calls where everyone's involved children are running around dogs are barking (laughs) <laughs> and we just decided we would go for it. And I drew like the clappers for a few days. And then we got all the digital stuff sorted out. And we just did it. I think sometimes projects get stifled by too much overthinking and caution. We were just like, hell for leather. Let's just get this done. Get it out there and try and help people. So it was fast. <laughs> was it pictures you already had drawn or was it new pictures? A few of them I already had. A few of them were meant to have been in the new book that I'm working on just now, which will be out next year. So I pulled them from the new book. And a few of them I just drew for for Flourish, specifically for that project. So because Flourish is a different format, obviously it's print at home as opposed to buying a printed A4 book, eh, sorry, a printed square book, the formatting is a bit different. So I had to do artwork that would work well when you printed it out at home. What response have you got from people? Very positive. You know, I think it came at a good time. I'm glad we worked so quickly. We've had people saying that 
you know, they printed out loads of copies and they took it into their break room at work. So many nurses and healthcare workers, you know, they were having an incredibly stressful time. You know, we think we had it bad having to stay at home. I was in contact with so many healthcare workers that were just struggling horrifically, you know, working in high dependency wards. And uh, I had an email from a team of anaesthetists. So they were the people that were sort of putting people to sleep, so to speak, and then put them on ventilators and just having to deal with families. And it was a horrendous time for them. And they were printing those books out by the dozens and leaving them in break rooms and sending them home with staff. And it was just, it was so humbling to think we were having a positive impact on those people that were looking after the sick. And then and then just everyone at home, you know, whether you're at home stuck with kids and you know, you're worried about the homeschooling, you know, people were printing loads of copies out and posting them through their letterboxes of neighbours and family members. It just seemed that people were really getting the benefit from it. And it was nice that it was new artwork and not just images, you know, that we'd pulled from from previous books. It felt very specific to, to this time. I have understood that more people have been colouring during this lockdown period. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree. I think there's not much you can do when you're stuck inside a house. And colouring has always been the most welcoming community and a really accessible way to be creative. So if you wanted to take up oil painting, cross-stitch, photography, those things demand a certain level of skill and equipment, even something as simple as watercolour. There's very specific brushes, papers, paints and things that you need. Whereas colouring... You just need your book and some pencils and you can turn up and there's no blank sheet of paper. It's not a scary first step. The the outlines are already there. Every page is a collaboration between myself and you. And I've done the the, the artwork, the outline. All you have to do is bring the colour. And I think people found that a sort of cushioned first step into being creative if you haven't been creative for a long time. And I think my images are quite whimsical and they're all very nature-based. And I think at times of stress and chaos, we instinctively yearn for wildness, for nature, for that really calming effect of florals and leaves and foliage. So I think possibly my artwork was just giving people a nice creative calm. One of the pictures, the mushroom house, I think maybe is Mm. one of the most popular. Which picture is your own favourite? Um, I think I probably like that one as well. I like the one that's like a little island and you can see the top of the island and the castle. It's sort of like a yes. peak. I like that one. But yeah, I I would probably say that the mushroom house is my favourite. We've spent a lot of time in the garden because I've had my children home and I think I think being I keep saying stuck at home, it sounds like some sort of prison sentence, but because I've been at home the kids much, much more than I normally would, I've ended up indulging in a lot more play than we usually do so whether we're out in the garden making little fairy houses or playing with building blocks or doing really cool arts and crafts I think being around children and doing so much play has made me creative in a different way so I'm thinking up much much many more ideas than I usually would I find idea generation is just ping 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 happening all the time (laughs) And I also find that when you're playing, you just, I think you enter the same kind of flow as you do when you're coloring and creating. 
to the point where I get really quite annoyed that I have to stop doing Lego to go and cook dinner. But it's just been, <laughs> it's been a lovely opportunity to tap into a different side of creativity that I don't usually experience. But how have you been able to find time for work when you are home and your kid is home? Well, I've been really lucky. So we have somebody next door that's been able to help watch our children when, you know, both my husband and I have been working if one of us isn't at home. So because we all isolated in the country together, that kind of worked for us. But equally, I work quite well in the evenings. And also my kids are getting to the stage now where if they're, you know, busy doing their own task, I can just work alongside them. I think quite lucky I've got a lot of friends that are trying to do management Zoom calls and prepare huge documents. I draw pictures for a living, so I can often do that at the kitchen table with them beside me doing their own little creative project. It just takes a bit longer. And they try to help a lot, which is good and bad, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> and uh, you have this mini you. We don't have to be afraid that we will not get more coloring books in the future because Evie has done both tutorials and coloring books this time. <laughs> She has. So I think that's part of the effect of them being around me when I'm working so much. They just feel that they should be involved as well, which is lovely. Although I am always quite cautious about children on the internet, but uh, yeah, she just loves to do her drawings and do her tutorials and we kind of We don't say we were doing homeschooling. We were always just doing a bit of home learning because I have friends that have actually homeschooled their children and it's a full-time job. So the things that we were doing were all just small activities and part of that would be she wanted to record a how-to video or to make a little book. So I kind of just morphed the activities that we were doing into the home learning and shared them with the community. <laughs> She is so educational. She's always been, and we usually say it um, with a bit of a dry smile, but she's quite spirited. So she sees no reason why if mum is making videos and sharing them with people, why she shouldn't do the same thing. And obviously she's seen me doing my videos for years and just, yeah, she took to it like a, like a duck to water. <laughs> she gets really quite mad if I laugh when I'm filming it and gives me a lot of creative direction and Sometimes my husband will see them and say, oh, did you make her say that? So I have absolutely no control. She just does her own thing and I have to just do as I'm told. I am merely the facilitator. <laughs> oh, I think it's wonderful. It just put a smile on my face when I look at them. <laughs> well, yeah, that's Evie for you. She's just turned six and she's already like that. I, I dread to think of the teenage years. <laughs> were you as confident as she when you were six? No. <laughs> I was the quiet child. My husband would be the sort of quietly confident person in the family. And I think maybe she gets that from him. I think a lot of what I do now, I'm happy to do because it's my field and my community. And, you know, I've sort of built up a level of confidence within that. But as a child, no, I would not have been recording videos and posting them on the Internet. <laughs> But If more people now is coloring, the first time I was talking with you, you, we talked about your mother that she didn't color. Mm -hmm. Have someone in your close uh, family started to color now? Uh, my husband colors. Uh, my kids all color. My mom does not, actually. Do you know what she has been? So they live on a farm and they have spent lockdown and quarantine making fairy houses to put in the woods near where I grew up. 
so that when my children visit, there's fairy houses and little owls made of pine cones. That has been her creative release. Then she's creative, but in another way. Yes, she's more of a sculptor, I would say. (laughs) But the live streams, if we go back to them, you said they gave you a routine. What more have they given you? Oh, well, it's just lovely, that connection, being able to see the community. I mean, it is an odd dynamic in that I do all the talking and I read the comments and often I'm drawing at the same time. So I'm sort of just looking up now and then. And the funniest thing is I see these conversations going on between people in the community typing away. And I was like, I'll just button and say something here. But it's been lovely. I think it's a great opportunity to be really collaborative. It's given me an open channel to talk about loads of different colouring pencils, to try loads of new techniques out, to speak to people and also to sort of get ideas for the new book. You know, it's been lovely to post some work in progress pictures and then discuss it later and say, oh, what do you think we should put in the middle of this sphere? And I guess this new book that I'm working on, it will be created completely during the COVID crisis. So it's nice to think that when it finally comes out next year, there's loads of pages that the community will have, you know, helped me make decisions on and they'll have seen them as works in progress and helped me sort of nudge them in certain directions. So it's been good. I guess it's like a a little testing group, isn't it? Getting Letting you see everything as it goes along. I think many that are listening to this uh, episode already have seen your live streams, but if someone have missed them, you have told us a bit now, what are you doing on them? Yeah, so it was initially every day at 4pm. We have just decided I'm going to do it Mondays and Wednesdays, purely because with the restrictions opening up there, life is getting busy again and I'm not always in the studio at 4 o'clock. So what we do is I go live at 4pm, which is... 4 p.m. UK, 11 a.m. New York time, 8 a.m. Pacific. I I don't know the other time zones. We'd have to work it out. Over on Facebook, and I do colouring tutorials, drawing tutorials, answer a few questions, show you guys what I've been up to during that week so far, maybe a few work in progress pics. Usually tell some random story and jabber (laughs) on for a little bit about odd things that have happened during the week. So it's really informal. And yeah, I think I just try to give you guys a few little nuggets that you can use in your own creative practice. So for example, yesterday we did a little bit of a tutorial using blending solution, the Zestit blending solution. I've bought a ton of new coloring pencils over lockdown and I've been slowly working my way through them and, you know, showing people the difference and whether or not you do have to pay for a 400 pound set of coloring pencils or if a 40 pound set is just as good which it is by the way uh, so yeah that's that's what the live streams are it's basically a little window into the studio twice a week for about half an hour with some tutorials and some chat and uh, you prefer facebook a lot of people are doing live streams on youtube yeah I just prefer Facebook. <laughs> I think I think there's a there's so many platforms now. There's a lot of people that have said, "Why can't you do it on Instagram?" I, I feel that you just have to pick a platform and um, show up there. And for me, Facebook works really well. You know, it has its upside and its downside, but 
in terms of serving my community, I do that best on Facebook because I can share files on there. We can do set up little groups. When I did the Inky Art School program, I did that all on Facebook. It feels like it serves me best to, to be on there. Now you have already said that you get a bit of that, what we gets from you from the community because I had a question you help us being occupied and creative and comforted during these COVID times and I wanted to ask who gives that to you well I think I mean loads of people I think being in lockdown and struggling through this has really shown everyone's sort of strengths and weaknesses and what we're good at and For me especially, you know, I've got the coloring community. I've also got my family, like my kids and my husband. My husband has um, his own company as well. So, you know, to see him lead his company and he, he's got hundreds, thousands of employees. So like seeing that, seeing them lead people through that and care for them, I think it's brought out the best in so many people, which has been really inspiring. And I think being around people that are working so hard, you know, I mentioned my friends that are working in healthcare. Mm. I think that's been wonderful. And I think as well, you know, we've all got our own little clusters of friends. And, you know, whether it's a Zoom call with like your friends that are all parents or your school friends, all those little things really help lift us up. And there was one quote that I'd read right at the beginning of this, actually. And it was that adversity doesn't make character, it reveals it. And I really kind of clung on to that. And I thought, you know, if there's ever a time where we can all step up, do our best work, be there for other people, make a contribution, this is it. And I kind of felt that, you know, it was a great opportunity to just, you know, dig in. And, you know, when are we next going to have three months at home where we can think about our lives and reflect on how lucky we are and the changes that we need to make and, you know, our health and, Yeah, in some ways it's been it's been a bit of a blessing in disguise, I guess. You know, obviously some people have had the worst time and I feel for them so much. But I know that whilst it hasn't been an easy start to the year, I mean, 2020, what a, what a pig of a year so far. We can't wait to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. But in other ways, I think I'll never forget this last six months. And it's probably pivoted the way I think about my life, my family, my kids, my work. And it's just sort of shifted my focus and my attention in some ways and made me very grateful. So, you know, every every cloud. <laughs> But last year you had this uh, sabbatical. You couldn't have that now, could you? No, <laughs> no, not really. I mean, I think at the moment I'm very conscious that people are getting so much from the content that I'm putting out. And I think... You know, where the sabbatical was very much for me. Like I needed some time to just focus on creative work and I was very overwhelmed with other things at that time. But for me now, the way that I'm showing up online is really contributing to the community and I know it's having a positive effect. So we probably won't do the the level of content that I'm doing forever. Like it probably will start to to decrease when my kids go back to school if I'm being honest you know I'm really hoping at four o'clock on a weekday I'm going to be chasing little kids around a playground and pushing <laughs> a swing and that is how life should be but whilst we're here I think it's important to show up and keep contributing to the community and work out new ways that we can provide content and you know help to inspire people and show up in different ways as life finds its new rhythm i think the most important thing is like nothing is static and you know the way things are just now isn't the way they're always going to be and it's just about finding a flow 
and adapting to where life takes us next. Why do you think doing things with your hands, being creative, helps us? Yeah, I mean, mainly probably because you can't go on the internet when you're doing stuff like that. I think the internet has been a real issue for me during all of this. Not so much now, but at the start, I was really struggling not to look at the news um, and go on very terrifying websites and read things on social media that just weren't helpful. And I'm very good at my social media and personally in that I don't you know, I have a, a big personal account and I don't go on there for my news and everything that I follow is very curated towards a creative slant. But I did find myself, you know, getting sucked into these quite dramatic and not necessarily factual cycles. So I mm. think being creative just stopped me doing that. It's almost like you find yourself getting pulled into this vortex and it's spinning out of control. And I've got a very overly active imagination anyway. So you know, in my mind, this was the apocalypse coming and we were like, this was the end. In my brain too. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, wow, so this is how it goes. But the minute that you start focusing on something else, whether it's icing a cake or drawing a picture, colouring something in, sorting out the Lego bricks, for me, every minute that I could distract myself was, you know, a minute that I saved my sanity a little bit. So it was finding ways to do things that weren't on a computer, I think the worst thing I could do would be to, I don't know, I don't know, like maybe doing, I know people like to do digital colouring. For me, that was another big marker as a no for that because I think if you're on your iPad doing some digital colouring, it would be too easy to flip over and look at a news cycle. So I think that was the main thing, that creativity was a good distraction, a good way to create a bit of calm in the chaos and I hoped as well that by putting out positive content in the form of the free book and the live videos that was sort of like shifting the flow of information on the internet like I think people's feeds were overwhelmingly full of fear and terror so it must have been quite nice to have the odd just happy little blip of colouring appear in your newsfeed and to have that as like an island that you could run to mm -hmm. and be a little bit safe and happy in your cocoon before you then have to get pulverised by all the scary stuff again. You don't seem afraid of learning new stuff. I know you have learned editing your videos mm -hmm. since we last spoke and I saw that you have done a fantastic cake for Evie's birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That takes so many hours of YouTube tutorials. <laughs> both skills. <laughs> yeah, actually both. Yeah, do I love to learn a new thing. I think, you know, when we're kids, we're just constantly learning new stuff. And then you get to like, I don't know, 20s, 30s, and you're like, oh, I've learned it all. What a load of rubbish. There's still so much to learn. And I think I'm never happier than when I'm like discovering a new skill and not everything goes well. So I, I've really tried hard at calligraphy. I'm not, I'm just not enjoying it. And I'm thinking I need to do modern calligraphy as opposed to traditional calligraphy. So I'm sort of pivoting on that one. I love, I'm learning a bit of watercolor just now, like actual proper watercolor and not just what I do, but I sort of draw an outline and use watercolor paint to color it in. All those kind of things are really interesting to me. And I just think that when you're on a new adventure and learning a new skill, you know, you pick up things that influence other parts of your life. So, for example, the cake baking. It had never occurred to me to bake a cake, freeze it, then make your buttercream another day and then assemble it, 
you know, like to do it that process over a few days as opposed to try and bake a cake and decorate it in one go, which I've always tried in the past and it is horrendous. It's so stressful. But by breaking a big project down like that into chunks and planning it out made it really enjoyable and really fun. And the result was really good. And I wasn't, you know, harassed on Evie's birthday. I was like, how can I apply that to other projects? You know, maybe if I do have a big commission on, maybe I split it up over six weeks and, you know, assign a week to research, a week to sketching. And, you know, I think when you start learning new things, you're always going to pick up nuggets that you can use in other bits of your life. So it's just, it's just helpful and it's fun. Do you write diary? No, I sort of actually, well, that's a lie. I'm currently doing the, oh, what's it called? Not the artist's journey. The artist's way course. So if you've not heard of it, the artist way is a book by Julia Cameron and it's a 12 week course contained in the book and it's all about a course in discovering and recovering your creative self. And this is like a cult classic, like loads and loads of great authors and painters and screenwriters speak about this book, including Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. So I'm like, well, she knows a lot about, you know, being creative. I'm going to do what she says. And it's a 12 week course. And one of the exercises that you do for the entire 12 weeks is called morning pages. And what you do is you get up first thing in the morning before any inputs. You don't look at your phone, your news, you don't read anything, you don't speak to anyone. And you do 30 minutes of just stream of conscious writing, like free flow. Everything that comes into your head, you just write down and you have to handwrite it and not type it. You don't edit it. You don't read it back. You just do it and put it. Well, I take my sheets and put them in a box as opposed to having it in a notebook. And that is meant to get rid of all those like things that are floating about in your head for the day. So all those little niggles and worries and whinges and big things that you think about. And then the rest of the day, you're free to have just like good creative thoughts and get your best work done. So I'm, I'm week six. I'm halfway through and I have to say it's, it's been good. It's really interesting. I think my morning pages are a bit whingy, but maybe that's quite good. Maybe you get your whinges out in the morning and then you can be happy the rest of the day. <laughs> I might have to try that. As you said, when you did the cake, uh, you started to think, how can I use this on other projects? Do you write your ideas down somewhere? Yeah, sometimes I have notebooks and I'll sort of scribble notes to myself so I often have notebooks I like a post-it note you know if I find a little you know nugget of really good information I'll write it down and stick it somewhere and I've got a big collection of them just now actually so one that I really like is time can't be made but energy can and that's just a quote that makes me think about you know you can't make three extra hours in the day but you can give yourself more energy to get more stuff done with the hours that you do have so things like don't go on social media and drain yourself emotionally eat good food make sure you're getting in a 20 minute workout at the very least so it fires you up for the rest of the day make sure you're hydrated all those things you know you can't make an extra hour but you can definitely make yourself be as productive and as energetic and happy as you can in the hours that you do have so Things like that I scribble down and haul about with me for a while. <laughs> when we have a busy life, it's easy to just run and you have never time to just sit and think and think about things that have happened, feel your body and things like that. Do you think your work, being an illustrator, sitting a lot with your own mind, do you think that makes it easier for you to reflect on things? I've noticed, actually, that 
if I am trying to do creative work whilst listening to a podcast or an audiobook, I don't create the same way as I do if I'm listening to music or nothing. It's almost that if I've got an input, an audio input that's making me think about something, I don't then let my brain tip over into the place where it can sort of process things and be more creative and think about other things and, you know, bigger matters. So, yeah, I do think drawing is a good time to process a lot of stuff, but it only really works for me if I stop listening to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, well, really, I'm, and while I'm saying that about podcasts, drawing that's the only time when I'm coloring I can listen to a podcast or an audiobook yes because I know you listen to a lot of podcasts I know you love podcasts just to make that differentiation before your audience go yeah no I think it's the drawing I think because image creation for me must use the same bit of brain as I need for listening to a conversation or a discussion but mm. coloring for some reason I can and I I've always found colouring to be, not that I find drawing hard, well, I do find it hard. Colouring is relaxing, whereas drawing is creative work, if that makes sense for me. Mm. Like, mm -hmm. I think coming up with the image is different to flooding it with colour. So I'm still okay with the old podcasts and the audiobooks when I'm colouring or painting, weirdly. And what am I going to do the rest of the summer? Yeah, so I have a couple, I've, I've got a book to finish. I've got a few community projects and charity projects that we work on. I've also got two small children who I've discovered I really enjoy playing with. So we're going to do, I just need to be outside with them a bit more. And our Scottish summer is so short that I find that if we don't take the good of the summer and go to the park and do all the bike runs before we know it, it's September and we're plunged into six months of darkness in Scotland. So for me, it just gives me a bit more flexibility to make sure I'm fitting family around work. And the next book, which will come next year, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, so it's kind of been a bit of a, a work in progress. I don't have a title for it yet. We kind of think we might have a title, but I'm not sure. A lot of people have guessed the title or the provisional title it's all about a journey so it's a quest and it's a journey that takes you around the world and visiting loads of different new inkscapes and different cultures I am not drawn a single interior so sometimes in my books you'll see really busy interior shots like the potting shed in World of Flowers or the curiosity room and Ivy Ninky Butterfly for some reason possibly because we've all been indoors for so long I just cannot bring myself to draw the inside of a building so it's all beautiful landscapes and curious things outside a lot of floating things so I'm just looking I've got the pages pinned up on my wall I've got some floating islands I've got an elephant floating away with a big bunch of balloons I've got a bed that seems to be suspended from a, a shooting star just a lot of things that seem to hint at escape a hot air balloon <laughs> just, yeah I think you can really tell that this book was done from a place where we were all sort of pinned down to one location and my imagination was the perfect place to roam and I found myself listening to a lot of music from different places when I was randomly managing to draw pictures so I think perhaps that's influenced things a little bit as well and looking at places, like far-flung places on the internet, because Evie would be doing a school project, you know, about Tokyo. So we'd look up 
pictures online about Japan and cherry blossoms and Mount Fuji and all those kind of things. So I think it's been a bit of a, a worldwide adventure done from the comfort of my drawing desk. When did you come up with or how did you come up with this idea? I don't really know, actually. I remember pitching the book to my publisher last year and I was a bit vague and they're so good. Like I think some publishers demand very in-depth book proposals and you know a page plan and thumbnail sketches and example drawings penguin and my editor meg and patrick are wonderful <laughs> they just know that it's a creative process and even when i ask for a year to do a book which i've never had before usually i have three maybe four months to create a book and for some reason i don't know it's lucky now i said i really need a year to just dig into this i want to research it and really mull it over and be creative with it And they were totally open to it. I just said, you know, it's just going to be a book <laughs> with loads of different pictures and it'll be a fantastical adventure, but I just need some space to do it. And they just said, okay. So, yeah, I think um, I didn't really pitch the book. I sort of pitched a creative adventure. And thank goodness, because if I'd had four months to do it, I'd have to have done the whole thing during lockdown and it would have been a disaster. I couldn't imagine trying to create page after page after page whilst dealing with uh, with all that chaos so it's been a blessing and when will it be released next year oh, i don't really know i think it's maybe spring or summer i have to finish it by the end of this year i think i might finish it um well i was about to say i think i might finish it before then i always say that and then The day before the deadline, I'll be going, I'm just going to make changes to a few more pages because the more time I have, the more I'll stretch out and add things and tweak things. I honestly don't know. I think it might be um, spring next year. Sorry, folks. I don't know yet. <laughs> Did your creativity and your drawing style or um, things you were drawing, have that changed since you kind of gave some of your secrets away in your last book? No, I don't think so. No. I think maybe I'm more acutely aware of what I'm doing now because I had to try and explain it in the last book. So in How to Draw in Key Wonderlands, tr to try to step-by-step step explain how to draw a leaf when I've just been instinctively doing it with muscle memory for two decades was quite difficult. So I'm probably just a bit more aware of it, but I don't think it's changed in any way. Before, Johanna is giving us her best listening, reading and watching recommendations for the summer. I just wanted to tell you that I am hosting a Color Along on Instagram again during July. It's called Color Me a Fairy House and you can color any cute fairy home from any coloring book during July to join. Just color it and upload it as usual on your Instagram account. Write the hashtag ColorMeAFairyHouse and tag me PassionistaColorista and I will post all entries on my feed. Johanna Basford, for example, has some cute fairy houses in World of Flowers and as we talked about in this episode, the Mushroom House in Flourish. There are also other great color alongs on Instagram during July. You can find a post on my Instagram account with all color alongs I know about. I also want to take the opportunity to say a big thank you to my current patrons. Reka, Mara, Maria, Neiti, Maria, Christina, Anita, Susan, Laura, Elin, Marie in Sweden, 
and Marie in New Zealand and Matilda. I know these are difficult times for many people and I totally understand that not everyone can afford it, but thank you so much for hanging in there and continuing supporting this podcast and my work with it, even if I have been kind of absent this spring. If you also enjoy this coloring book podcast and want to be a patron, you can pay as little as $1 a month up to the highest level which is $4 every month. Depending on which level you choose, you can get your name in the podcast, early access to the episodes, extra material as longer episodes, free coloring pages and Etsy discount codes, or even exclusive episodes. The extra material for this episode is a longer version where Johanna talks about her latest tests of different pencils and her favorite way of blending pencils. If you don't want to be a patron but want to give a one-time donation, that is also possible, just go to my webpage passionistacolorista.com and choose support me in the menu. To everyone else, thank you for listening, liking, spreading the news and for sending pep talk messages to me and the people I am interviewing. I would not keep doing this podcast without that feedback and kind words. Now back to Johanna Bassford and her tips. So I love listening to podcasts when I'm walking and I find I take in a lot of really good information then. I don't know if it's like the rhythmical act of walking. So obviously I listen to your one. I listen to one called um, The Happy Place by Fern Cotton, who is a presenter over here. Sometimes I like to listen to the Marie Forleo podcast. In fact, I listen to that quite a lot. She's more of a business one, but I think it's a really good mindset podcast. And then also audiobooks. Like, I think Evie is at an age where she just consumes audiobooks like there is no tomorrow. And she can't quite read properly, obviously, herself yet. So she finds that really frustrating and she just loves the story. So I ended up downloading the Harry Potter audiobooks for her. And she's only had one and two so far because they're quite terrifying as they get a bit into the, into the higher numbers. Is it Stephen Fry reading them? Yes. Isn't he fantastic? Like you couldn't get a better reader. No. So yeah, audiobooks are wonderful. And in terms of movies, so I know some people can watch a movie while they're creating and I can colour at the same time as I have a movie on. I guess it's like the podcast and the audiobooks. Mm -hmm. Colouring seems to work for me. So I can do that in the evening and I quite like doing that as well. If I'm drawing, I can't I can't watch anything. But I love Wes Anderson movies. I just think they're so beautiful. The Grand Budapest Hotel is one of my favourites. Like yes. the storylines are completely bananas, but <laughs> just how they look visually, I'm like, oh wow, <laughs> really really cool. And then what else do I like? I can't really think offhand. Just really into my Wes Andersons again at the moment. I think having the kids around with sort of tweet our um our movie watching so for example we watched Dr. Doolittle the other day which isn't a movie that I would normally want to look at but the kids you know it's suitable for children and even though I was sitting there thinking oh not really for me <laughs> there's always little nuggets in there you're like that's really cool that's really inspiring I think it's about just having an open mind and allowing those things to seep in and often I don't go off on these big inspiration hunts. I think good ideas and little nuggets of things just sort of percolate in the back of my mind subconsciously and they pop out and reemerge 
when I'm drawing, which is maybe another reason why I can't have an input, like an audio input when I'm drawing, because otherwise the ideas can't just come to the forefront because they're too busy sucking up all the new information that I'm taking on board. And do you have any book recommendation? Hmm. So in terms of, I don't really know. I'm trying to think what I've read recently. It's completely unrelated because Evie's been listening and reading the Harry Potter books. I discovered J.K. Rowling has a whole series of like adult books that mm. she's written for grown-ups. The Robert Galbraith crime books, which on their surface I should not enjoy because I have a horribly overactive imagination. <laughs> and crime and th- thrillers terrify me, but for some reason those books really hooked me. <laughs> I'm afraid the Scandi crime novels weren't really my thing. But no, I can't think. I think I read a lot of children's books. And children's books, because I'm reading bedtime stories, they've always got incredible illustrations. We have a series called Katie Morag about a little girl who lives in the Scottish islands. And they have wonderful watercolour illustrations. And we love looking at them. Oliver Jeffers books. You know, I think some people look down on kids' books. I think, well, that's just, you know, that's very easy, isn't it? But often... They have the most perfect illustrations because they're primed for kids. There's always a really sweet moral to the book or like a really optimistic tale or something really interesting and thought provoking. So I would say look at children's books. Don't be sucked into thinking that you have to sit and plow your way through some classical literature gem. I would say get a good children's book and have a little look at that instead. I love children's book. And I remember you give a shout out on your stories on Instagram about a book you thought was one of the best ever, The Mole, The Boy. Oh, yes. The Fox, The Boy, The Mole and The Horse, or those four things in a different combination. <laughs> I get confused by Charlie Maxey. I don't think that is a children's book. I mean, it's illustrated, but it's beautiful, especially just now. Everyone should follow Charlie on Instagram because he basically posts pictures um, from his book and it's just like the best life quotes with these really sweet illustrations. They're sort of all done with ink pen. They're just beautiful, so heartfelt, really uplifting, just the bam that you need for a time like this. Perfect ending. Thank you so much, Johanna, for taking your time again. You're most welcome. It was lovely to talk to you. It was wonderful. And uh, thank you for all you are doing for us in the community. Oh, it's honestly my pleasure. I feel um, embarrassed when people say thank you because it's such a selfish act because I get <laughs> just as much from it as everyone else does. So it's a mutual beneficial relationship. <laughs> Win-win situation. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> so have a great summer, creative summer and playful thank summer. Thank you. Yeah, I will. I will. And I hope everything continues to go well for you and, you know, you're all happy and safe and healthy. Yes. And thank you, everyone that have been listening. And goodbye. Goodbye.